what's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. Thanks for joining us on a Thursday. Today is July 15th. Deep Dive Thursday. Uh, unfortunately, we came into work today and realized they're putting a new roof on. I mean, it's it's just, <laughs> it's beyond obnoxious. I'm sure you can hear it in the background here. Hold on, let's just... I mean, yeah, you can clearly hear it. It's right there. And that that nail gun. I've got a question for all my uh, all my roofers out there. Is there like a nail gun that goes do 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 do? Because it's like the same like sequence every time of do 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 do. I'm like they can't they can't be them. Like they they, they can't be them the exact same every time. Anyway. We can't do this today. So what we're going to do, replay a podcast from just a couple months ago of identifying market size. This is one of the least talked about, most important things in sports betting. So uh, we could do several shows on this, but this is kind of the introductory look to market size and how to identify it. So, all right, we got to get out of here. Enjoy the podcast. We'll be back here tomorrow. uh, Nail gun free, uh, Sharp Angle Podcast. Talk to you guys then. Because honestly, a lot of us approach sports betting in one way. We treat betting as if it were a menu at a restaurant, you know? You open up your website, you go to your favorite sport, the sport you love to watch, and you start scrolling, see if anything looks good. If you find something that looks tasty, you order it and you buy the game, and uh, then you move on and watch it, and so on and so forth. But really, that's not the way that a winning sports better approaches things. A winning sports better thinks about all the external things, what it takes to win, and then narrows down on what sports to bet and then what bets to make within that certain sport. You know, the reason why I bet primarily hockey and soccer aren't because I'm a hockey and soccer fan. If it were up to me, I would bet the NBA and the NFL, exclu- well, not exclusively, but a lot more than I do now. I mean, I hardly bet those sports, you know, with serious, you know, real, real money that I'm trying to make over the course of a month or a year. It's because those markets are gigantic. Those markets are big and it's a direct correlation. The bigger the market, the harder it is to win within that market. And we've talked about this before, but we've talked about this before in the podcast in terms of what a market size looks like sport to sport, right? The NFL is a huge market, uh, women's college basketball is not a very big market, you know, and, and generally what determines market size is the liquidity, the amount of money going into it. And that, but that's general. So what we'll do today is give four clues to find small markets to bet into. And we're actually not going to talk sport markets. What we're going to do is talk about markets within specific sports. Okay. So these are markets like if you're talking about uh, the NFL or football, it would be um, maybe halftime or quarterbacks or player props or things like that. Right. Uh, When you're talking about the NHL, same thing, you know, the idea of player props or different types of bets that you're making outside of money lines or over unders. So we're going to talk about within certain sports, how to find small markets to bet into. Because again, if you can find small markets, soft markets, that's where you're going to make your money. And the reason that happens before we go into any other detail, the reason why small markets are easier to win in is because sports books spend less effort on those markets. That's actually the definition of a small market. There's less time being spent on those games within that market. And 
you know, just think about it. If you own a sports book and you're getting a million dollars per NBA game and you're getting, you know, there's a million cumulative, cumulative dollars bet every NFL, or NBA game and then you're getting, let's say, $5,000 bet on player props. You're going to spend a lot more time and effort and pay a lot more time and effort for people to make sure those major markets are correct. If you're getting a million dollars into major markets and two, when I say a major market, I mean spreads, totals, things like that. And if you're getting a million dollars a game bet on the spread and $5,000 a game bet on a player prop, you're going to say, yeah, screw the $5,000. If we lose it, we lose it. But let's make sure more times than not, we're on the right side of that million dollars. So that's what creates big markets and small markets when I talk about this, okay? And that's what eventually will define how we can make money if that's your goal. If your goal is to bet sports long-term, make money, pay the mortgage, pay the bills, you've got to keep these four clues in mind for spotting and identifying a soft market within a sport. All right, let's go. Number one, clue number one. The market that you're looking to bet into doesn't have many price moves. Have you ever noticed that, let's say, uh, a player's over-under for points, if we're talking LeBron James total points scored, if it opens up at, let's say, 25 and then gets bet up, it's very, very rare. LeBron James over-under will go from 25 to 25 and a half, then to 26, then to 26 and a half, and so on and so forth. What will happen is LeBron James over-under will go from 25 to 29 and a half. And you're like, holy shit, that's a four and a half point jump. Why? Because the market obviously was over-adjusting because of its inefficiency. Okay, so when you see a ton of small moves, that's why some of these bigger books out there, they, uh, and when I say bigger books, I mean books that take a lot of volume and, and books that, that set their own lines in our market making books, they have a lot of price moves. You know, you watch any of these hockey money lines, it'll go from minus 120 to minus 122 to minus 124 to 126 to 124 to 123 to 124, back up to 126, back up to 127, then down to 125, then down to 123. Why? Because it's always chipping away, correcting itself, making sure it's always as accurate as possible. So when you see a ton of line moves, which think about any NFL game throughout the week, or even on a Saturday night, Sunday morning, how many little line moves you see. The reason that is, those markets are efficient. They're very, very big markets, very efficient. When LeBron James over-under goes from 25 to 29 and a half, and there's nothing in between, that's an inefficient market. So look for markets that don't offer many price moves or don't move prices often, or... Uh, or they move prices pretty suddenly when they do move. So either they're not moving at all, right? They open up LeBron James 25 points and it doesn't usually doesn't get touched. Or when it does get touched, it moves a lot. So that's clue number one. Not many price moves in these small inefficient markets. Clue number two. You're usually, unfortunately, going to find a larger household for these markets. If the average game is minus 110, minus 110, then a small market is probably going to be minus 115, minus 115, or even maybe minus 120, minus 120. And the books hide this because it's easy to see when it's supposed to be an even money bet and you're paying minus 120 on one side and minus 120 on the other side. It's far more difficult to see when it's minus 200 and the other side is plus 160. 
You know, that's that's what's tough to see is that straddle stays with you no matter where you're betting. And so the books can often hide this. And they do in smaller markets. And a simple way that we always talk about for you guys to add this up and calculate yourself, go to aceodds.com. That's A-C-E odds.com and find the odds converter. There, all you have to do is type in the odds to every bet you're trying to add up and sum or add the total implied probability. So if you have two games that are minus 110, which is like the average bet, you're going to get 52.4, right? Because minus 110 is equal to 52.4 for break even. So you're going to get 52.4 for minus 110 for one team and 52.4 minus 110 for the other team. That equals 104.8. That means the house has a 4.8% household. Any number over 100% after you add up those numbers is what the house holds. And you'll find that in smaller markets, the house doesn't just charge 110. They charge a lot more money. And the reason this is, is simple. The sports books understand this is their soft spot. They understand this is where they're vulnerable. So they do this to protect themselves. Where they know they can lose, all they do is charge a little bit more money thinking that's enough protection. And sometimes it is, but sometimes it's not. So do the math and understand when the house is holding even more money. And while we're on this topic of how much the house holds and how much the casino holds or the sports book holds, let's talk about a great sponsor of the show, Better Edge, because they're the one... They're not a sports book, but they're the one place in the country where you can legally make bets with no VIG. That's right. And the, the great thing is they're actually legal in a lot of states like California that don't have sports betting quite yet. So again, betteredge.com is the website and also use promo code SHARP. That's SHARP with a P. That's going to get you 10 free bucks in your account. That's rollover free $10. So you have no risk. You just sign up today and just use the 10 bucks. See if you like betting VIG free. Okay. But it's again, betteredge.com. And they're not a sports book. So that's how they kind of get around the whole idea of betting VIG free is it's more like a stock exchange where you buy one end of a bet and somebody out there you get matched with and they buy the under end, other end of a bet. And you may say, well, that doesn't work. What if I want to bet $100? Someone else out there betting $100, they have to find a specific person? No, they'll find five people betting $20 to equal your bet. As long as they match the dollar amount on both sides, you can literally start betting VIG free today. And everything we're talking about today with the household and smaller markets, things like that, everything that, that sports books do to try and take advantage of you is, is what we're talking about today, right? They can just jack up the price if they think the market's small. Well, you're never going to find that on Better Edge because without a VIG, there is no price to be jacked up. There is no market manipulation, okay? So do yourself a favor. Start making more money today by betting online at betteredge.com. That's B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com. And remember to use promo code SHARP. All right, let's move on to our next clue for how to identify a small market. Uh, only a few books will offer these markets, okay? So if you find a bet that's available on every website, every sports book, it's at Better Edge, it's at FanDuel, BetMGM, Bavada, Belkmaker, Pinnacle, then that's not a small market. A small market is, let's say I've seen this recently, uh, uh, DraftKings will come up with just random player props that are kind of crazy. They'll come up with all different kinds of player props for uh, basketball games, things like that. Well, when you can't find these bets anywhere but DraftKings, chances are it's a small, inefficient market. So there's not a whole lot of depth or, or, or detail to this clue, but just keep in mind, if only a few sports books are offering it, it's much more likely to be a small market. And my final clue, clue number four, is look at the limits. 
make sure you're paying attention to how much they're allowing you to bet. And the reason I save this for number four is I know much of the audience won't come across this problem because they're simply not betting enough to, to come into to run across this issue, which is perfectly fine. But I can tell you right now from experience, a lot of websites out there, especially market-making books, they won't let you bet more than maybe $100 on NHL props up until maybe 30 minutes before the game, and then they'll raise the limits to 250 You know, They keep it very, very low to where it's not even worth a lot of people's time to bet into those markets. So that's one more way how the books show you that a market is small and inefficient. They're not letting you bet much money. You know, how much can you bet on, on, on the Super Bowl? You can bet pretty much whatever you've got in your bank. You can bet millions of dollars if you want to. But they'll let you bet $100 on whether Sidney Crosby scores tonight. So the idea of a small market being something that you can make a whole lot of money in, you've got to pick your spots. You've got to have good money management. You've got to catch things early before the market catches up and adjusts. And you've got to be aware. You always have to be looking out for these little clues to identify a small market. Once again, the four clues. Small markets do not have many price moves. Or when they do move, they move substantially. Number two, small markets have a big household. Number three, small markets are only available usually at a couple sports books. And number four, small markets mean smaller limits. All right, good luck with whatever you guys have going on today and tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Sharp Angle.